0: Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi iPhone. If God is going to bless you, if he is going to give you greatness and make you stand out in everything you do, then it will be very important that you understand the place of faithfulness In the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says that Zechariah four ten, And this was God speaking to Zerubbabel. It says, Do not despise. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And that's, the New Living Translation that I'm reading from. The New Living Translation. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices to see the work begin. So what when he tells you, do this, and this is what it will, this is what will be the result. There will be a mighty harvest at the end of the day. There will be greatness at the end of the that i'm telling you to do god will tell you that but he will not tell you okay so you are supposed to preach to a church that has two million people in congregation now what you need to do is to wake up one morning and i'll move you and plant you in the church where you'll preach to two million people no he takes you through the small beginnings start from where you are he wants to see your faithfulness So what does that mean? That you have to be able to use what God has given you excellently well for him to keep expanding you. But do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. He rejoices to see the plumb line in your hand. He rejoices to see you begin from the scratch. God is a God that values small beginnings. To him, it doesn't matter how far we are gone or how far we feel we are or how messed up things have been. All he cares about is that we start from where we are. Start from somewhere. Like you can see in the theme scripture, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. God was speaking to Zerubbabel and making him understand that I love to see the work begin. God loves to see the work begin. Then he can help us to become who we are meant to be. This is who you are meant to be at the end. But he loves to see the work begin. So you begin. The God of small beginnings. You begin. And Whatsoever God calls us to do should be bigger than ourselves. In the real sense of it, he does not call you to do something small. The essence of the vision that he would give you will be something that truly is bigger than what your mind can contain. If a vision that you think you have is not bigger than you and you don't... I will not say you get scared now, but you don't have to think outside the box... When you remember the vision, then you know that that vision is not of God. Whatever God will give you will be a vision that blows your mind. A vision that stretches your belief and faith in God. And so, whatever he calls you to do should be bigger than yourself. So, he's a God of big things. He will give you visions that are big. But the visions that he's going to give you that are big are not going to start big. They are going to have to start Small, you are going to have to go through the small beginnings, you are going to have to go through the humble beginnings, and do not despise the days of humble beginnings, do not despise the days of small beginnings because those are the days where you get valuable lessons, because those are the days when the Lord will begin to build your muscles to fit into who He wants you to become. The days of small beginnings are the days when God will make you who. He has proposed for you to become. So, he gives you a vision that will blow your mind. He gives you a vision that will be bigger than what your mind can naturally contain. How would you rate David? He was a shepherd boy and then he was anointed king. You will be king and he was only a shepherd boy. So, how would you rate him? God gave him a vision of being the king of Israel when he was even despised in his own family. That they really did not rate him. I mean, his father forgot that he had a son like David. The prophet had to ask him, the prophet had to ask, Do you have another child apart from this one? That's the father did not even bring, did not even remember to bring David in from the beginning. Because he despised him and like, David is still a small boy. We don't really need him. But at that tender age, at that smallness of time, that's when God chose to give him the vision that you would one day become the king of Israel. And he was anointed. Joseph, you will rule your family. And you will rule the earth. And God gave him a dream. But at the time he got the dream, he was only an immature and dependent boy. He was only immature and dependent. He knew nothing. He was naive. When God gave him the vision for him to become the one who will rule the earth and rule the family. He was not even independent at the time. He was still dependent on his father. His father had to buy him a coat. If they did not buy him the coat, he wouldn't have any clothes to wear. He was not even like the brothers who would also go and raise sheep and make some money and come back home. God gave him the vision. Abraham, your seed shall inherit the earth. And this was what God told Abraham, your seed shall inherit the earth. But guess what? When the Lord told Abraham this, he was still childless. His wife had even passed the age of childbearing. His wife had passed the age of childbearing and God gave him a vision that Abraham, your seed shall inherit the earth. A vision that was bigger than his mind. But Abraham needed to start from somewhere. Begin to walk with God. And your own seed, even though you don't have a child, shall inherit the earth. When the Son of God was going to come to the earth, it was easy for God to have said, Hey, Jesus, now that you are coming to the earth, go and you will be giving birth to in the choicest of palaces, in the finest palace, you, they will give birth to you there. And then they will give birth to you there. I mean, angels will come and then soldiers will come. It was easy for God to say that. But no, even Jesus our Lord was giving birth to in a manger. So, whatever God calls you to do, whatever He truly calls you to do, you must remember, will always beat your imagination and overrule your human thinking. It will beat your imagination and overrule your human reasoning. And this is the key that I want you to remember. God does big things. He never does anything small in itself. He does big things. He is involved in greatness. But that greatness must begin as a seed. The greatness that God is going to have to make you must begin as a seed. It's not going to just become and appear to be a tree. No, that greatness that is in you must begin as a seed. What do you do with a seed? You plant the seed. You nurture the seed and the seed grows into greatness. And so what God was going to do with you is going to have to come in the form of a seed. Even though in the real sense of it, God does nothing small. Even though in the real sense of it, whatsoever he calls you to do will be something that is bigger, way bigger than your mind can contain. But you need to start from where you are. But you need to start. You need to remember the days of your humble beginnings. You need to remember the days of your small beginnings. That greatness must start small. It must start gradually because God values humble beginning. And he is a God of process. God is a God of process. He wants to take you through the process and make you go through what you need to go through to become who you need to become. He wants to take you through that process so that you see along the line, you get toughened up. You begin to walk in faith. And then you get to the end. And then when you get to the end, you'll be like David who said that in all these things I have said, I will never be moved. That in all my prosperity, I will never be moved. That means because David saw it all. He lived in caves. He was a shepherd boy. Two times his life would have been ended. A bear would have killed him. God saved him. A lion would have killed him. God saved him. Enemies would have killed him. He lived in the midst of enemies. He had to to pretend to, 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 to be loyal to the king Achish just so that he doesn't die. He had to pretend to be mad and begin to hit city gates just so that people don't kill him. He lived in caves. He ran away from Saul who was pursuing his life up and down. So he had seen it all. And then God brought him Through that process, even after he was anointed, he saw many things. He went through the humble beginnings, and then when he got to the time when God was going to make him, he became who God said he was going to become. And then he knew that no matter what happens, I will never be moved. He knew that he will never be moved. That in all my prosperity, I will never be moved. So it is important that you remember that God is a God of small beginnings. Even though he calls you to do something big, what he has called you to do is big in itself. But you need to start from where you are. You need to start small. Don't expect the church that he has called you to start up. To fall from heaven. Bam! And then you see 50 million people and then you come out and say, okay, I need to now preach to 50 million people. No! You need to build it. You start with five people. You are building it. You get 60 people. You are building it. you touch into nations. You are building it. And then God is working with you. And then gradually, before you know it, you get to where you are. But along the line, during that time of process, you are developing the capacity. During that time of small beginnings, God is extending you. He's expanding you. And he's making you who you want to become who he wants you to become. Now, if God wanted, something was key. If he wanted, he would have made David the king exactly the same that David was anointed. But no! He needed David to go through the process. And so when David was anointed, that was exactly the process, that was exactly the time when the process accelerated for him. And then David had to go through the small beginnings in his in its real sense and in its toughness. So don't talk about the period, don't talk about what you are going through now. Don't, don't look at it and say, Oh God, are you really with me? Don't 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 play down. Don't, 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 don't play down the things that you are going through. Don't feel that you have seen life and then that life is cruel to you and that God is not with you because you are going through what you are going through. The good thing is, after everything, after the small beginnings, you will never look like what you have been through. You will never look like it. All the scars of the small beginnings will not be there anymore. Because miracles that God does, wipes away the shame. It erases the shame. Miracles leave no trace. So there will be no trace of anything that you went through. That's very key. So, small beginnings, don't forget, small beginnings are the seed days. They are the days of the seed. Many might consider these days as insignificant, but they are not. They are your seed days. It would have been easy for Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4.10 to look at the small start and call it insignificant. But the Lord had to remind him quickly and say, Zerubbabel... Do not despise this small beginnings, Zerubbabel, I love to see the work begin. I rejoice to see the, word begin, the work begin. He had to remind Zerubbabel, because he is a seed god. Because even though I have told you to finish this thing, you have to start by building it. Even though I have told you to go into the nations and preach the word, you have to start from a community, And that's, that has always been my issue. It has always been my concern. Okay, you say we want to conquer nations. A man who will conquer nations must begin from somewhere. Start from your family. Then move into your street. Then move into your community. Then move into your your, 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 your state. Move into your country. And then move into nations. Don't just sit down and say, God says I will conquer nations. And you are waiting for the day you will conquer nations. Nothing will happen. Because God is a God of process. And He's a God of small beginnings. So it is important that you remember that God, as a God of small beginnings, wants you to go through the process, develop thick skin, work with Him in in fullness, and then fulfill purpose on it. And you, you can only become who He wants you to become. You can only become exactly what He has made you to become when you go through the process of small beginnings. Is a god of small beginnings and the entire kingdom of heaven functions like a seed. Don't with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I read from verse 31 in the NIV translation. Matthew 13:31. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch into it and perch in its branches. That's how the kingdom of God is it's like a seed, it's small. But the kingdom of God is the largest, it is the greatest kingdom on earth. It is the greatest kingdom that would ever exist, both in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The kingdom of God is the highest kingdom. It is the largest kingdom that would ever be. But it is like a seed. And you have to plant it. Small beginnings. You have to go through the process. But when it matures, it becomes big enough so that it has branches. And the branches it has, birds can perch on it, nations can perch on it. You must become the tree that God wants you to become. Many years ago, when I gave birth to my first child, Marvellous, the Lord spoke to me through the mouth of somebody that I met. Miraculously, strangely, and I didn't know the woman from anywhere. Can't forget her name. And then she spoke to me about what my life would become. And she drew a tree to explain it properly. And she said, this is the tree that the Lord told me that your life would be like. And this tree has many branches. She spoke to me many years ago, even before I knew anything about my life. And she said, this tree has many branches. And this is what your life is about. This is who you will become. That woman paid the bill, the medical bills of Marvelous and paid it in full and left. And I... since that time till now, been trying to contact her, been trying to reach her. I have never been able to contact or reach her since that time till now. For more than 12 years. But everything she told me remained in my consciousness. The tree she drew, she drew with a blue byron. I can never forget the color of the tree. I can never forget the shape of the tree. I can never forget how she labeled the tree. I can never forget everything she told me. But when she told me, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, immediately I embarked on what she told me I needed to embark on. And I did that. And then then I remember, she is now saying that this is what your life will become. And then now, I am beginning to see some of the realization of the thing that the Lord spoke to me through the woman. And I'm like, whoa, okay, so these are the things. This part of the tree, this is what it is. And this is what it signifies. So you begin to move with God. You begin to move, you, and that's how the kingdom of God is. It is like a, it is like a seed. So it was. It would have been easy for me to just manifest and become a tree that the woman spoke about. But you need to go through the process. You need to begin to plant the seed that is in you. You need to be. You need to make it germinate so that you can bear fruit and become. And this is exactly how the kingdom of God works. It is exactly how the vision He has given to you we walk. All you need to do is look beyond now. Look unto Jesus and the glorious future that Jesus had promised you. Look into the glorious end that he has promised you from the vision he has given you. And indeed, the vision will be, tree, will be a big tree that, will, that the birds will come and perch on. It will be a big tree that the birds will come and perch on. And I'll put it in, in the words of John Austin. And the vision you will see is true the vision is true john austin is a man that i respect so much i read his biography i watched his biography i learned about his biography i heard the testimonies of his family members i mean john austin was coming from a very poor home if there was something that was called one of the poorest families in the United States, it was John Orson's family. In his family, nobody had ever became rich. Nobody ever became rich. Nobody even went to school. Nobody. He was a wretched farmer. His parents were wretched, very wretched, very poor. But then, he became born again. And when he became born again, he had the nudge from the spirit of god to begin to pastor and then when he came back home to tell his family members that god has called me to pastor guess what they did they laughed they did not laugh him because they wanted to mock him they laughed him because they already had a very wrong inferior inferior motive by themselves they felt that see john we are just farmers in this family we are just poor people nobody can listen to us you don't even need to say god called you just sit down here and be farming you are a better farmer than you would ever become a, a preacher. And nobody was, nobody had even become a Christian in his family was the first to break the bound and came out. Then he said, No, I want to preach. His family did not believe him, but he went ahead to do what God had called him to do. Many years later. John Austin became one of the leaders in a very big Pentecostal church in the United States. Became a very big leader. and so sorry, they, they loved him. His face. Was on the on the national and zonal leaders' stuff. He was due for promotion, they were always promoting him, they were always increasing him because they loved him. But all of a sudden, God began to speak to John and he began to learn, and then his message started to change. What he believed started to change, and what he believed did not now align with what the church had as their doctrine. He started to teach on faith. He started to believe God more and started to teach on faith. He started to teach on healing. He started to teach on the power of God. And then the people called him and said, See, oh God, this thing you are preaching this is not part of our church structure. It is not part of our church you know, um, um, systems and, and doctrine. Can't be preaching all these things. These things don't work. The more they try to talk him out of the thing, the more he held on to it, the more. And so this, he started having enemies in church. I mean, this is a church. And he started to have enemies in the church. Because he was preaching what the Spirit of God had placed in his heart. He was preaching now what he had begun to see and learn from from the movement that God was opening his eyes to. And then when they started to politicalize everything in the church. And started to witch hunt him and started to push him down because he was preaching something that was different from that doctrine. What did John do? John and his wife, Dodie Austin, decided to resign. So they resigned and left the church and in 1959 when he was 37 years old, he started Lakewood Global Outreach, which is now Lakewood Christian Centre. He started Lakewood and then for 12 years he had less than 200 members. Guess what people who were going to, I mean, when he was in this other church and he was the leader there, they loved him and they were like, okay, so when he came and then became this um, pastor in Lakewood, you can imagine what people say about him. God did not call you. He left out of anger. You did this one, you did that one. So they mocked him, they jested him, they insulted him. I, 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 I heard when Joel Austin was preaching about this and he said something, he said for 12 years. People that were my father's friends and colleagues in the former church, people that were his juniors, they looked at him like he didn't matter. They treated him like he was trash. They felt that he was no good. But the father, John, did not look at what the people did or did not look at what the people were going to think or, or feel about him. He kept doing what God kept him kept him nudging him to do. He kept staying true to the vision that God has placed in his heart. And guess what? Many years later, his church, Lakewood Christian Center, became widely accepted in the whole of the United States and in the world at large. Today, Lakewood that you see on TV is the largest church in the United States. A million times larger than those churches that were insulting him at the time. Lakewood is the largest church in the United States. And Lakewood is not about Joel Austin. Everything you see Joel Austin doing now is not just about, it's not about Joel at all. It's about John, his father. And Joel was always that thank God for my father. Thank God because he stepped out. If he hadn't stepped out, I wonder where we would have been. John had to go through those humble beginnings. They were mocking him. He was going through. They were laughing. At him, And that tells me something. If you are going through these things, people will laugh you. People will mock you. But do not despise your days or small beginnings. Hold on to God. And he will finish what he says he will finish. And when John, John was 71, he came and then he said something. He talked about the past and he said, the dream, the vision that God gave me is true. It is true. Why did he say that? Because for many years, people told him that you never had a dream from God. You never had a vision from God. It's a lie. You were just talking about yourself. It's it's, 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 it's it, You left out of anger. You did this, you did that. And people can pretend to be God. They can think they are God or they can try to tell God what you should be thinking and doing. But it shouldn't matter to you what people think. Keep serving God in your capacity. So, John fulfilled his purpose because he kept true in the days of his small beginnings. He was dedicated. He remained faithful even in the days of his small beginnings. You must remain faithful. No matter what happens, stay true to what God has called you to do. Do not despise your days of small beginnings. Don't look down on your days of small beginnings. Today, today, his Lakewood Christian Center is the biggest church in the United States. Because he stayed true from 1959. What about the stories of Edia Macedo? Bill Winston, who left everything that he had, who left the thing that he had to go and start small. He left with only $200. And God made him who he is today jerry savell and i keep hearing the story of jerry savell and his wife and i kept crying but look how where they are today but perhaps maybe your own is not even a call or your vision is not towards the ministry but you have a destiny that is in the business line or or, or, or you are you you are an, going to be an entrepreneur or maybe another profession steve jobs started small Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, he started small. He started from a small workshop and today, look at Apple. It is one of the biggest companies in the world. They have iPads, they have MacBooks, they have iPhones and everything. Airpods and the rest of the things that you find everywhere. If Steve Jobs I've given up when people were mocking him and laughing him, Apple will not be where it is today. Do not despise your small beginnings. Do not despise your your small beginnings. Don't despise your days of humble beginnings. There was a man in the United States called George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver was one of the first very prosperous man, black man in the United States, and he learned to make different products from peanuts. From peanuts, and then I remember that he said that he would enter his workshop, and then he needed inspiration from God. What would he do? He would just close his windows, close everywhere. He didn't go to school, so how did he learn to make products from from, from peanuts? He made different kinds of things from peanuts, 300 different kinds of products from peanuts that the world never knew that peanuts can be used for all these things. And he made them and he made money. How? He just closed his windows. He said, I will close all my windows, shut my doors, and then I will kneel. And I will say, Father, I'm here. How do I use this now? to begin to make money. How do I use this now to begin to solve problems on society? And then the Lord would tell him, George, mix this with this, repress this that this to this extent, it will get to this and then he started making peanut oil, he made peanut butter, he made he made different things from the peanuts. But he didn't despise the days of the small beginnings. All it takes is to follow God's leading part time. God will lead you part-time, part-time. That's how to follow his leading. He will lead you part-time, part-time. Do this, do this, do this. As you keep doing those things, your life is changing. And then he's moving you gradually into the glorious future that he wants you to get into. He will lead you into that glorious future that he has planned for you. And so you must not despise your small beginnings. People will laugh you, it is true. They will even mock you during these small days some will even wish you death and failure during this period but no matter what happens don't despise your days of small beginnings you must go through it knowing that god has proposed a glorious future and end for you and what people think in your days of small beginnings should not hold weight in your life they should not matter you should not think about them why because your work and dealing with God is a private but a very glorious affair. So, if they like, let them be talking. But you know that your work with God is private. And your work with God will surely enter even bigger greatness. Even bigger greatness. So, small and humble beginnings, if you mix it with faith, will bring great results for you it will lead you to the end that God has proposed for your life. And you may have come from a background like John Austin that, that had modest means or less than noble birth. Who would ever think that somebody from, from a very poor farming family would become big and that his child would become the owner and will become the founders or, or the pastors in a very reputable, renowned church in the world? Again, it's not because of John Joel. It is not just because of Joel. God takes it back to the times of his father, who started small when everybody mocked him. John Austin and John and Jody started small, and in 1980 something, when the wife had cancer, the case even aggravated. But God saw them through. The story of John Austin remains an inspiration to the body of Christ. With your firm reliance on God, let me tell you, you will be able to come into victory even from the seemingly smallest and humble beginnings. In Job chapter 8 verse 7, this is what the Spirit of the Lord wants us to know. Though your beginning was small, yet your later end shall greatly increase. Though your beginning was small, yet your later end shall, should greatly increase. So God does not want you to despise your days of small beginnings. Don't despise where you are. It's part of what God wants you to go through, to get to the end he wants you to get to. It's okay to start small. There are valuable lessons to be learned in these periods of humble beginnings. But we must not stay small. Don't stay small. You must grow into greatness. God wants us to grow into greatness. If we go through these periods of humble beginnings, there will surely be the glorious end. Don't despise what God has called you to do because it is not working and going the way you think it will go. God is a perfecter, is a master of time, is a master of seasons, is a master of periods and timings. And everything will work out well if you stand in faith now. The seasons of God. You must remember, do not despise your days of small beginnings. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 0909-632-5899. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.